0: And we're going to get to sharing some uh, background as well as some really important stuff about identity. And we'll get started right after this.
1: Welcome to Kingdom Talks, where we engage leaders, teachers, creative artists, and everyday people in conversations that awaken listeners to new revelations of the Kingdom Age. All of our courses, community conversations, partnership links, and much more can be found on our website, KingdomTalksMedia.com. Now... Enjoy the show. All right, so we're going to get
0: started here with Victor Jenkins from uh, the Sacramento area. And Victor, how long have we known each other now?
2: I would have to say north of 20 years, and that's just a guess. It's been such a fun ride, Gil. We could have known each other for 50 years, but I don't know. (laughs) I think what
0: I found really interesting, Victor, is our paths have crossed you know, as we're going down this journey, they just keep crossing. And uh, each time we've crossed, I think we've been in a different genre, so to speak, Uh, because we did business together for a while. And then we were, you know, in kind of some ministry things and just various things, marketing things, just uh, very interesting. So, Victor, tell us a little bit about yourself, let everybody know uh, a little bit of your background. I mean, where are you coming from? Where are you headed? That type of thing.
2: It kind of seems like my life just really got started 28 years ago. Tomorrow will be 28 years since I've been married, and 28 years and 68 years since I've been alive. So tomorrow's my birthday. I had to throw that in there. All so right. Like, well, happy you. birthday early. Thank you. Any excuse to celebrate is fine with me. But about 30 years ago, I was a registered nurse in the emergency room, and I was just cruising along, living life, enjoying myself, thinking that I was it. You know, I in not much has changed in that regard. But I still think I'm in, but now I got a good reason to. I was just cruising down the hall, Gil, and I got this sudden little, little, little sensation in my chest, right—a sensation that I had never had before. And since I never had it before, it concerned me a little bit. And I work in the emergency room in the hospital. So I took another couple of steps, and I got that sensation again, and I really didn't know where it came from. So at this point. I Didn't pass two hundred dollars. I went directly to panic and I was off my rock I ran outside the emergency room ran in an ambulance bay I was walking back and forth back and forth back and forth and I kept hearing this voice in my head that said to me If you go back in there, you're gonna die if you go back in there You're gonna die you go and I kept hearing this right and I'm just so scared my heart's beating fast my my, my palms are clammy. And, and and after a few minutes and I realized That I wasn't going to die, then I knew I wasn't going to die, but I still kind of didn't know what was happening. Eventually, that feeling dissipated, and I went back in the emergency room. And the offshoot from that is that led to me giving my life to Jesus Christ. Now, I grew up in a church. My daddy preached for a little bit, and I knew who Jesus was. And later after that day, I came to realize that what I had had was what my father called sin, sickness, and guilt. When you get that sin sickness it's it's time to come home to jesus right (laughs) you know what jesus is time to come home so that led to me getting saved and started going to a church and in no small way my present wife was responsible for me actually coming to the to the business of christ to the degree that i am now
0: wow that's so good so good and you know i don't know at what point that we met but uh you know, I've always appreciated you, appreciated your faith, your background and so forth. And the thing and I'm going to say it, I think I've said it to you before. But, you know, I used to think that you were rather arrogant and and because you, you know, you talked about just loving yourself and, and so forth. And, and um, uh, I, I want to know a little bit more about that. And where how that started, because um I before we're done here, I'm gonna share why I believe that is so healthy in you know where you've been and what 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 it's done for you. So go ahead and share a little bit about that.
2: I was, I was arrogant, and even now, my wife still tells me that I'm arrogant, and that's okay. That's just God's way of keeping me from listening to the press clippings because any place else I go, except when I'm talking to my wife. There's people giving me accolades and telling me all these great things. But that bit of arrogance was the result of something that the psychologists call reaction formation. In reaction formation, you adopt a persona that's almost the exact opposite to the true persona ah. so when a person is arrogant generally they're trying to convince themselves Compensate. That, they are all, that they're a lot more than what they really are because see the, the people that are not you the people that's looking at you they're not even thinking about how much you are they're thinking about how much they are <laughs> and this is human condition. we are all concerned about ourselves so when you met me I had just I had just got saved. I was not save a very long time. And I, I got the wife of my dreams and, and I was so kind of scared. And underneath it all, that anxiety attack I alluded to earlier, that was still plaguing me. Wow. I felt like a fraud because that was still plaguing me out of the clear blue skies. Out of nowhere, I get one of these feelings that telling me "It's all over for you, buddy. It's all over for you. So that arrogance eventually went away and I see things differently now and I'm still not textbook humble, but I (laughs) figured that humility is something that God has for somebody else's gift. My (laughs) gift is just to be me because I'm telling you when you've had anxiety attacks like I did and when you were on the edge of the precipice thinking that you're going to die and then you come back from that. Oh, it fills you with a lot of confidence. It fills you with a lot of that feeling that you can overcome anything. And with God's help, I have overcome everything because without God, I would have blown my brains up because what I was experiencing was hard.
0: Wow, wow, that that's pretty incredible. So, um, uh, okay, we're we're gonna come back to to this this whole identity and love thing, but I, I just have to ask, What's what's that background? And where do, tell me about your your background, your table, what what's all that saying to people?
2: You mean better than I was, not as good as I'm going to be?
0: <laughs> well, that's something. Man, you've said that every time I ask how how are you doing, that's exactly. So 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 this is a scenario. I call you up and say, "Hey Victor, how you doing?"
2: You, know, "I'm better than I was, but I'm not as good as I'm going to be." How about you?
0: You have, I love that. You have said that for at least 15, 20 years.
2: (laughs) I have. Now, as I I said before you now, there was a time when I didn't think that I looked good on video. There was a time when I didn't think that my voice was a good voice. And that time was sometime after I started aspiring for personal growth when I started trying to develop self-confidence. So on an intellectual basis, I knew that it could not have been anything wrong with the way I sounded. I knew that it couldn't have been anything wrong with the way that I looked. But I still felt that in here. I reasoned based on the thing that I was studying and the people that I was listening to and the preacher that was preaching to me, I reasoned that it had to be something inside that I had to work on. And based on what I had learned, the, th- the way that you work on things on the inside is through a profound emotional experience, or absent that, something called space repetition. So I bought me a little silver lap counter. If you, got any, if you know anything about track and field, there's a little small, little circular silver thing. And when you press the lever down, it advances a number. And you can count. Okay, yeah, yeah. Time. Okay, right? So yeah. I got one of those. And while I was <laughs> at home, I would say to myself, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself. And I was committed to doing that at least 100 times every day. I love myself, I love myself. And you could tell how easy it is for me to do that on this camera in front of another human being. I love myself, I love. And it's because I did it so long. So after about six months of doing that, the sudden thing that occurred was I no longer thought that I looked weird on camera. I no longer thought that I sounded weird on camera. And I mean, I mean, when you get right down to it, nobody was looking at me and listening to me and going, man, that guy sure looks funny or that guy sure sounds weird. But I was doing it to myself. So after the six months, suddenly now I'm comfortable on camera. I even help others become comfortable on camera. My voice, I'm a, I'm a toastmaster. I've been speaking for over 20 years. And really? I kinda of went all the way to the other end of the spectrum, Gil, because if you get me if you get me alone and you ask me the question, I'll tell you I don't know too many other things that you could listen to that would sound better than the sound of my voice.
0: <laughs> oh well so here here's the thing is um you know what has that really changed for you in your entire life. And and I, I just want to say to everybody who's listening, you know, the, the scriptures are pretty clear that, you know, Jesus says to love God with all your heart and soul and mind, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. So it's like loving God, then you got to love yourself in order to love your neighbor well. And we tend to try to just love our neighbor. We want to love God and we want to love our neighbor, but we really haven't tried to deal with the fact that many of us, and I'll be blunt, you know, for the first 50 years of my life, when someone would really get me alone and ask me, you know, what do you really think of yourself? I would, I would be flat out honest and um, tell them, I really hate myself. I loathe myself for the first 50 years. Now I covered it. Well, you know, i carried on. I did life But, you know, that was underneath and constantly kind of eating away at my self-confidence and everything else. But when I finally reached that place of uh, realizing I am doing God a disservice, I am basically throwing the, you know, what his creation, me, I'm just throwing it back at him and saying, this is junk. That's what I was doing by hating myself saying, you made a bunch of junk, God. And when I finally got my head on straight and began, now for me, it wasn't going around saying, I love you. I love, I love myself. I love myself. It was just sitting in the presence of Yahweh and just sitting in his presence and, and uh, listening to what he was saying to me. And rather than rejecting it, I was doing my best to receive it and let it become every you know, let it hit every cell and every fiber of my being so that I would begin to change. And as I began to change and receive what he was saying, I realized over time, wow, I really love myself. And I've joked about it many times now. It's like I wake up sometimes in the morning, it's like, dang, I love myself. (laughs) And I really do. I love myself because I love what God did. And I love what he's doing. And I don't have to measure up to anybody or anything. I just need to do what he's created me to do and enjoy the ride and enjoy the journey. And it's changed my life dramatically. Um, So I'd love to hear some things of maybe you can specify some specific things that it's really changed for you when you got to that place of learning and understanding how to love yourself.
2: Well, I grew up in a family where they were really heavily into control. I grew up in, in the Jim Crow South. And in the Jim Crow South, black folks didn't make very much money. And when you don't make very much money, you know how much money controls your life. Yeah. yeah. One thing that my parents wanted to make sure of is that I didn't cost them any more money than they were already spending. Hmm. Which means I couldn't leave the house or go outside to play without them telling me I got permission. I couldn't open the refrigerator if I was in the house without them giving me position permission. So as I grew, I was under a lot of control. I was controlled to the degree that I didn't feel good about it. And as I grew and got older and older, then anything I could do to demonstrate that nobody could control me, that's what I did. And as a result of that, I didn't like being controlled to to the degree that I thought it was something the matter with me that was making me hate being controlled that was making me feel bad because no matter how else you describe your existence if you're not enjoying yourself yeah. you are probably not gonna like it and yeah. if you don't like if you don't like it what, what you're experiencing the normal thing to do is to try to find out what well why is that what, what why am I having this now I grew up I went to an all-black high school I lived in a town everybody I knew were black and then I left and went all into the world where people who weren't black were and some of those people gave me the impression that if I wasn't black, all my troubles would be over. Now, they didn't really give me that impression, Gil, but that's the impression that I got. I thought that that was the thing, right? And so as a result, I was difficult to get along with. I went in the military. I was in the military and did terrible for, for the first year or two. And the reason I did terrible for the first year or two is because I didn't want anybody to try to control me, and I was insolent, I was dark, I was difficult to get along with and eventually i realized that my behavior what i was experiencing was because i didn't like being black Hmm. being black was low on my list of things i wanted to do and i wasn't able to embrace that i didn't believe that but that was the truth i i know it was the truth because now when i tell you one day I was looking in the mirror and this was before my, I love myself episode. And I looked myself in the mirror and I said, Victor, you got to face it, bro. You don't like being black. And after I said that, then the weight sort of lifted off my shoulder, you know, because I admitted that my problem was, so all of the difficulty in getting along with other people that I had projected onto them. I realized that I was doing it to myself. And as a result of doing that, I am able to see that malady in other people. Not only black people, but there are a lot of people that don't love themselves, and they think that it's other people, but it's never the other person. You got to realize that how you see yourself is how you are, and you also got to realize that however it is that you think you are, you have made you that way. Being a Christian now and understanding that God made me and fearfully and wonderfully made me, I get that my mind, the prism of my mind, the filter of my mind, if I look through that thing, I might see something that's not appealing. But if I look through the prism of how God sees me and how He made me, then all bets are off. All I have to do hmm. then is is to is to contain it and turn it down a little bit so I don't blow everybody out of the water with all this love and all all, all and all this blessings that God has bestowed in me and on me.
0: So good, Victor, so good. So, I mean, as you were going through that, I got about, you know, a half a dozen new questions, but uh, actually we need to take a quick break and just a little lead into this break and that is uh, Ultimate Impact, is of course my wife and I do, to teach you your identity. So we're on the subject of identity. So uh, just take a listen to this and if you're interested, uh, there's some information there you can grab. So we'll be right back after this. Hey there,
1: thank you for joining Kingdom Talks. We are taking a short break to share with you the life-changing online course called Ultimate Impact. Gil and Adina do an amazing job taking the complicated and making it simple and applicable for your life. Ecclesia groups are using this course to shift their thinking into the next age paradigm. Yeshua spoke of power, authority, love, and oneness that we have yet to walk in. So if you're ready to deconstruct limiting beliefs in order to step into what Father is doing now, this course is for you. Sign up today at KingdomTalksMedia.com under the Courses tab. Now, back to the show.
0: All right, so Victor, um, I had, like I said, about six other questions. So I want to go with this one, I think, to start off with. And that is, uh, I I want to hear a little bit more from you about you know, what how what you think about yourself, how it affects you, as well as how to, how does it affect other people? I mean, how does it affect um, your relationship with other people? And I, I think this is so key right now in this chaotic time that we're in with all the, you know, things blowing up in the uh, big cities and so forth. Because um, I, I really do this. I think this is a major key and I'd love to hear
2: your thoughts on it. So want me to repeat the question? <laughs> Put it this way, becoming a Christian, and we're talking about identity, once you become a Christian, you are a new species, a completely and totally new species. And I hear some think that that species is not. That species is not a black person. That species (laughs) is not a white person. That species is not... A gay person, a Latino person, or any of the groups that people like to describe as underserved. That species is, you are a child of the high God, of the most high God. And by being that species, your number one command is to love. Yeah. Clean and simple. And you might not know what love is. You might not have an idea what love is. But in his words, in the book of Corinthians, the 13th chapter, he tells you, what love is. Right. He tells you that love is your number one goal and he tells you that you are to love your neighbor. And then he goes and tells you that everybody is your neighbor. He doesn't say that you love everybody except the guy who's racist toward you. He doesn't say that you love everybody except the guy that cusses you out. He doesn't say that you love everybody except the guy that uses the vanity. He tells you to love everybody. And then he goes on and he tells you that when you love your enemy, it's like heaping coals of fire on their head. We as human beings are not in the business of trying to draw a wedge between us and other human beings. So when it becomes clear to you that you have driven a wedge between you and another person, you dis- you're will uneasy about that. So when God says heaping coals of fire on their head, that is the experience that you have when you misuse me or when you abuse me and I love you anyway because <laughs> see you're trying to abuse me and trying to misuse me for your own purposes and that's something else that people don't really understand I'm talking to you now in granted I'm answering your questions but at the end of the day everything I'm saying and everything I'm doing I'm doing it from over here and I'm doing it for me some of the destructive destructive things that people do in their life they think that they are focusing outward but really and truly Gil self-mastery is the only game in town if you believe what scripture says about you scripture says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places now if that's true gil that means that i don't have any beef with you the spirit that's in you may have a beef with the spirit that's in me but i don't have any beef with you the beef that i have is why am I mad at Gil? How come I'm not loving Gil? If God called me to speak into the life of somebody, if God called me to speak into the life of somebody who's described as a racist, and I'm getting my feelings hurt because that person is acting like a racist, I might be the only chance that that person has to know Jesus. And if I'm running around being offended by it or not walking in love, then I'm doing myself a disservice, and I'm sending that person... Well, we, we know where we stand, them, at. <laughs>
0: So you know, one of the things that uh, we really teach and share, and I and I love it because I mean, you're 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 saying the same things from a different perspective, from a, you know, in different words. But you know, the love, joy, and peace that almost every human being is is searching for. When we continue to search for it, and we're looking for that outside thing that's going to satisfy it, <clears throat> and I've shared this many times, but. You know, if we're if we're looking for peace and thinking that, man, if I had, a, you know, a billion dollars and it was going to pay off all my bills and that would give me peace, we think that's the solution. I can tell you it's not because, you know, when you get that billion dollars and, you know, yeah, you get your bills paid, but, you know, it's not going to give you the peace that you think you're going to get from having a billion dollars it may give you some satisfaction in some areas, but it's not going to solve it. And it's like when we're looking for love and we're trying to find love, we're thinking that outside relationship is going to solve that issue of love. Believe me, marriage and love, you know, I don't care how good your relationship is. It takes some work, you know? So, you know, these things, we have to understand they are already in us. It's Christ in us. And when we realize that we need to we need to live from the inside out where Christ is on the inside and we live outward from that, that we are then the ones that are dispersing the love and joy and peace because we are love, joy and peace. Because Christ is in us, you just got to switch your mind, you know, change, you know, the stronghold in that situation is believing that that answer is external and that you can get it from somewhere else other than God. And so when we understand that the only answer is God and that we turn inward to, you know, you know, live from that place of love, joy and peace, and then we are the dispersers of that. And you really get to that place where you know you are the disperser of that because you are the light of the world with Christ in you, the light of the world shining through you. You are the light and the salt. So anyway, it's just so important for us to really get this, and the only way to get it is to spend that time with Yeshua, hearing how much He loves you, how, how he, great He has created you, so that you are convinced that you are awesome. You are flat out awesome, and that you need to know that, because once we know it, it changes everything, and, and that, that's another subject, but I'm going to stop there, because I want to hear your thoughts on it. My thoughts on... On just, on, you know, the love, joy, and peace coming from the inside versus the outside.
2: Right now, it's not a natural thing to embrace love, joy, and peace because even when we become saved and we give our life to the Lord, we still have that mind that He gave us. He tells us to renew that mind. And earlier today, I was contemplating how things show up in people's lives and they don't like what's showing up in their life. Well, here's a dirty little secret that I carry around with me. The only way that God knows what you want is by what's on your mind, right? Whatever it is that's on your mind, the system that he created, he says to renew your mind. So whatever it is that you put on your mind, that's what he thinks that you want. And guess what? That's what you're going to get more of. So if there's anything that's happening in your life that doesn't jive with who you are saying that you are, then you got to take a moment and think about the thoughts that you are allowing to inhabit your mind because. When the Bible says, knock and it shall be opened, seek and you shall find. For me, that presents a duality. And it's a strange doctrine. Many people might not embrace it, but as far as I'm concerned, anything that shows up in your life, you brought it there. It might not be good. I mean, it might be awesome, but you brought it there. If you are looking for something like, like in the place we find ourselves now, If you are looking for something to complain about, bless God, you can find it pretty easily. If, on the other (laughs) hand, you're looking for something to be excited about, bless God, you can find it pretty easily. You might think that it is the thing that's going on around you and you might focus your attention on that. But you've got to get present to the fact that the only experiences that you have are the experiences that you see yourself having. If you see yourself struggling, you're going to continue to struggle. I see myself walking in love. I see myself getting blessed on top of blessing, and I see myself being a force to be reckoned with in terms of influencing people for the body of Christ. The body of Christ needs all kinds of people. No matter who you can think of, anybody that you think might be despicable even, guess what? They can come to Christ. Anybody that you think might don't deserve love. In a matter of fact, someone once said to me that people who deserve love the least They seem like they need love the most. And I find that to be the case. No matter what you do, you can't just love people when it's convenient. You can't just love people when it's easy. Because the Bible says if, if you love them that love you, you know better than the publicans. I mean, even the publicans can do that. So you got to love the people that don't love you. But there's a joy. There's a joy in overcoming that urge to give somebody a piece of your mind. There's a joy to overcoming the urge to respond in time. And that joy shores you up for the next battle because the, next, the battle's going to keep on coming, but you're going to get more and more adept at your love walk. And I'm telling you, pretty soon, and I'm talking about experience, pretty soon you'll have less and less insults to you because you, you're not drawing into you. You're looking for somebody to love. You're looking for something to right love. On. And it's coming in it hits just. Keep on coming.
0: (laughs) Victor, I'm loving this, but we're about out of time. And actually, we are out of time. Uh, So we're going to do another session. And um, (laughs) we're going to do another half-hour session. And I I just made a list of things. I mean, we can talk about... uh, And a lot of this is semantics, people, so don't get freaked out. But we're going to talk about law of of attraction. We're going to talk about intent, uh, different lines of reality, and knowing yourself and how that sets others free. And then the battles are there to level you up. So make sure you stay tuned for part two uh, this Friday. And uh, we're looking forward to having you with us. And we will see you next time. Victor, thank you so much. Honor you. Love you. Bless you. And um, we'll see you on the next show. Take care.
2: Okay, Gil. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at kingdomtalksmedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life and keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.